0: Hey everyone, I'm Alexa Golden.
1: And I'm Haley Piper. And And together we are the Gossip Gossip and
0: Gratitude Podcast. Podcast. Tune in each week to get a taste of what life's really like in your 20s. We'll be bringing you all the relatable gossip from getting dumped to landing that first job after college. So sit back, grab some wine, and let's spill some tea.
1: Happy Monday, guys. Hi, guys. Today we are taking a deep dive into mental health and all that jazz because it's
0: bell let's talk week yeah guys if you didn't know i'm sure a lot of people know what bell let's talk is now because it's been around for several years now but mm-hmm. if you use their hashtag this week they donate mm-hmm. proceeds every time the hashtag is used to mental health services so it's a really easy way that you can do your part for free so exactly <laughs> might like, as just well hash- do it
1: yeah just hashtag it up and then they donate
0: on your behalf like that's yeah. everything <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we're going to talk about our own personal, I guess, relationship with mental health and the struggles mm-hmm. we faced. And then we we'll we're maybe talk a little bit about some ways we've overcome it and some other advice we might have for like resources and things like that. So totally. just get the conversation going. Let's yeah, talk. that's the point. <laughs> that's a, that's a one thing we can do. And
1: if that's a one way we can contribute and help people out is talking, then let's do it. I like it. Exactly. Before we get there. I always do this. It's almost like it's like this weird cheesy (laughs) intro where I'm like, before we do this. (laughs) But now. (laughs) Yeah. Segway. Lex, tell me.
0: Do you want to tell me what you're grateful for? Sure. So today, I'm grateful for the ultimate bar mix from Superstore. Okay, Okay, guys. This is the best thing you'll ever eat in your life. I actually got uh turned on to this from one of our girlfriends sid shout out to you sid she <laughs> recommended this to me it's by the brand Basse. it's b-a-s-s-e okay and it comes in a bag you buy it at Superstore. i'm sure they also have it at no frills because they're the same so oh. check it out but it's five dollars for this big bag
1: okay bless. and
0: it's got all the delicious things in it there's like these Tell really me. good little jalapeno cheese sticks pretzels sesame sticks roasted peanuts um corn chips roasted barbecue peanuts and corn nuts
1: and it is so
0: addicting it's so delicious you have to try it and I feel like five bucks for like a bag of trail mix is quite good because it can be expensive stuff so yes try it out let me know what you think but I'm grateful for it because it's like become my favorite little snack Ooh, I need to try because sometimes you get trail mix
1: and it's like it falls flat, but you just continue to eat it because you're like, oh, you know what? I bought this. Nuts are expensive. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a go. I've actually not tried it yet. So delicious. Nice. I like it. Okay. What you are guys. you grateful for, Hails? I'm going to be outrageous and I have two gratitude moments. Like, Whoa. who is she? Who is she? Okay. One, actually, they kind of revolve around just feeling so good. So one is I got my hair done and nothing feels better than just, like, I feel like I'm a new Haley. This is a new chapter in my life. <laughs> I've never felt like such a bad bitch. And all I needed was a little haircut and some color. I mean, mm-hmm. she's looks feeling great. Cute. Looks great. Thank you. Um, and if you need a bomb-ass hairdresser in the Edmonton area, I'm going to give a shout-out to Hair by Schwartz. Uh, her name's Jess Schwartz. Like, literally the best hairdresser I've ever had. I just can't. She's amazing. Yeah, it looks so um, good. And then my second gratitude moment is just like when you're driving and you're having a good day and you're jamming in your car, like singing, rocking out, playing the tunes on extra loud. That's such a mood
0: booster. I'm just like, ooh, just the best, you know? And you're really just feeling yourself and feeling your day.
1: Yeah. My mood has just been so boosted this weekend mixed with the hair and the jamming. So if you need, if you're in a funk,
0: I feel like it's a... Might slightly expensive way to yeah. feel, to feel uh, revived, but it was Yeah, I feel enjoyable. like you're really having, like, living your best life this weekend. I Got just probably spent done. way too much
1: money, though, but whatever. Yeah.
0: But Hills and I actually had a really fun little thrifting outing this weekend. We met up and yeah. went to a couple thrift stores, and we had a good time. We both love a good thrift find, so we were getting oh, yes. really hyped, so...
1: I am, Gerald, this might be the first time Gerald's
0: hearing this, but Gerald, we are going to thrift our whole house. <laughs> <laughs> Literally goals. <laughs> I, I, I approve that. And I also think you could even mix in there a little, like it's still thrifting, I guess, but like the Facebook marketplace, y'all know yes. I'm the Facebook marketplace queen. Yeah. Actually, have I talked about my chair project yet? Did I, I, I talk about have. this last week? Mm. Y'all this week, I think I only bought it this week. Anyways, I I bought myself an armchair off Facebook Marketplace for $30, and I'm going to try to reupholster that shit. Hell yes. Yeah, I'm very nervous because it's a DIY that I have not attempted yet, but I've been watching some videos, doing my research, and I'm going to go check out Fabric Land to see if I can find something good. and. We'll see what happens. I'll keep you guys updated if it goes well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If anybody has reupholstered before, like let us know because I'm curious as well. Maybe give me your tips. Yes. Yeah, so that's it's exciting. It's a fun time. Love a good thrift moment. So Mm -hmm. not much else to do these days, so
0: Yeah. And we're being good for the environment. Exactly. And our wallets.
1: Yes. That's the most important (laughs) (laughs) in my books. (laughs)
0: Alright, let's get into it, Lex. I'm sweating. I gotta take off the jacket. Whoa, she's stripping everybody. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Also, okay. I have a question for the viewers, actually, or the listeners, not the viewers. No one's watching us. But <laughs> do you guys, like, can you tell a difference that, like, we've been doing virtual episodes the last however long? Because I wonder if there's a difference. I don't really think there is, but it, let yeah. us know if you guys, if there's a difference in, like, our dynamic as far as us being together in person versus over like a FaceTime yeah. yeah
1: yeah I'm curious too I do miss it I do personally I miss the in-person because I feel like um I get um I don't know
0: I just feel it's, like it's I also feed a fun like your plan because you're like looking forward to it because you're like oh yeah like hails is coming over we're gonna record yeah, podcast. like it gets totally. you more hyped up maybe I agree but I think with um, the virtual yeah. like once we get into it I get like the same energy that I do yeah. in person but it's like I don't have the build-up of like excitement that I do for in person
1: True. Actually, I can relate to that. I can agree with that statement fully. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, let us know. But, uh, anyways,
1: shall we? Yes. Okay. Do you want me to go first? (laughs) Yeah, you (laughs) start start us off, girlfriend. Okay. I kind of wanted to first talk about my experiences with anxiety. Um, I think just like reflecting, I had a decently large portion in my early 20s where I experienced a lot of panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such an interesting thing because I feel like it's very common, especially I've chatted about it with my girlfriends and a lot of them have also experienced panic attacks. But I also think people who have never experienced a panic attack don't really understand what's yeah. going on. So kind of just my experience. I feel like this all kind of started around 2015. So I would guess... My mental health journey—I really noticed, maybe took a bit of a dive when I first started university. Probably first mm-hmm. year of university, I was at the U of A, and my the person I was dating at the time like was not a good relationship. So I think some mental health stemmed, some mental health struggles stem from that as well as mm-hmm. the change from high school to university. And I personally felt my experience at the u of a i know a lot of people really enjoy the u of a and i i know that this was like u of a for any context is a is probably the largest university in the edmonton area yeah and i i think i i'm a very social person so i didn't was i didn't find that connection just because my classes were so large and i also like i take full responsibility for this i never went to like any any groups or I didn't try to like attend any clubs so I think it also just kind of propelled me feeling isolated there yeah also that year I was I think there was two of us right out of university or right out of high school that went to university and my other girlfriends took a year off so I just felt like kind of lonely and just Mm -hmm. kind of in my own little weird journey and so I noticed that's when my panic attacks started I I'll just walk you through like what would happen. So I would be, I would say I would walk into a classroom and especially the big classrooms, like maybe like 500 people. um, I'd sit down and the doors would close in the rooms. And then all of a sudden I would start to panic because I would have these thoughts of being like, I don't know how I'm gonna get out of here if I were to have a panic attack and slash, like there's so many people they would see me having a panic attack, like, what if I faint? Because when you have a panic attack, it feels like you're either going to have a heart attack or you're going to faint. Mm -hmm. And so I would, that would propel a panic attack. And in my mind, I'd start to be like, I wouldn't even be able to focus on what was going on in class. And I would start to be just like, like panicking, panicking. And then my heart would start to race so then that propels a panic attack even more because you're like, yeah. what if I have a heart attack in this classroom and they have to phone 911? So yeah. then I'm getting more stressed that I'm going to draw attention to me. Um, sometimes what can happen is you can cause yourself to faint um, or at least it feels like it because you, you get really clammy, sweaty. Um, I find the blood will rush away from my face and mm-hmm. I can look almost gray. Um, I know it's like a weird adrenaline fight or flight situation, but there's nothing it feels like at least that you can do when this thing, when it's happening, because I know a lot of people have tried to give me advice to just say, just take some deep breaths and don't think about it. But yeah. it's, it's not possible. I found when, while actually having the panic attack, do yeah. not think about it. So kind of flash forward that this had started to be going on for almost a year now. And another thing I noticed with panic attacks is, like, you'll have trigger places, so mine would have been classrooms in Mm -hmm. university, and then it started to evolve to the bus. I would start to have panic attacks on the bus, and then as soon as I would get on the bus, it would sometimes trigger a panic attack, because just of having had panic attacks there in the past. My... One of the ones that, I feel like you don't even know this. I'm going to tell you it right now. It's kind of interesting. But I would get panic attacks at movie theaters. And I remember, I think I was with you guys. I don't remember who I, I can't remember who it was with. I want to say it was with the Mo Girls. Could have been with my other friends. But I remember sitting in a movie. I don't even know what movie it was. And I was starting to have a panic attack and I had to like f- leave, go to the bathroom, and like phone my mom to come pick me up mid movie because I just, I was feeling so like I was gonna actually faint or have a heart attack in the movie theater, and I was just constantly thinking about like what if somebody's gonna have to phone nine one one for me? What if somebody's gonna have to phone nine one one for me? I just had to remove myself from the situation, mm-hmm. which I felt was it kind of got to the point where I'm like. I started to not go to class at university as much, and I started to not do things that I would do just out of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of when I realized that I should probably go talk to somebody and get some help for this because uh, after this going on for, like, a year, I was like, this probably isn't really good for my heart either, yeah. like, to have my heart be racing all the time.
0: Yeah, well, so- also when it's, like, starting to affect, like, your daily life and that like you don't want to go do the things that you're supposed to be going to do then that's like when it's like okay you need intervention at that point because you can't let it you know affect your education and your social life and all that
1: totally it was totally affecting my education like I did not pass a university course that year my first year at U of A I'll put it out there I got a big old F in stats (laughs) 151 or whatever it was but uh yeah, it definitely really started taking a toll just like on my life. And and I think this is a very common thing because I actually, Gerald said he had a very similar first year of university experience, just where he felt like that was a really low point of his
0: life. Yeah. I think it's a hard transition for a lot of people because yes. it is so different going from like that real social aspect of high school where mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunity to be involved there's a lot of opportunity to have a really busy social life because you've been with the same friends for however many years and then you go to this place and you just feel no matter what size your school is because I mean I'll talk Mm -hmm. about my whole experience too but Mm -hmm. like even I started university at a really small school Mm -hmm. and I still felt that exact same like isolation almost because all of a sudden you're at this school and you know nobody
1: Mm -hmm. and you
0: just feel like such a small fish in a big pond and it's like I think that's really common
1: I think it's so interesting too because you have this like identity um, from when you were in high school. Say you also played like extracurricular sports and all that kind of ended for me when I mm-hmm. finished grade 12. So I didn't really like know who I was going to be and and add on all the pressures of like how am I going to make money? Like A, I'm going to have to find some sort of job to fund my schooling or my living expenses B. I gotta get good grades C. I gotta you know it's it's a lot yeah. different because at least in high school and prior to that your life is kind of structured from your parents or from like the the school system so I think that's just you're literally trying to find a whole new identity and yeah that can be very scary but that's when I knew I needed to go get help and that's kind of I remember being in um my doctor's office and just kind of I just was like crying I was like I just like can't even go to school anymore and like I, this was at the time too where like um we had our friend pass away I was yeah. having, I, I had become single and I was just dealing with all that like the emotions of a breakup and just, yeah all of it and I remember her being like okay like there's options like she she did say emphasize going to talk to somebody but at that time I was in my early 20s I didn't really like I I had this mindset of like I'm too busy I don't have time to go talk to somebody yeah so then we did get on Cyprolex. that's what I'm still on right now yeah um and that noticeably I always say, like, I always tell my doctor, I'm like, maybe it's a placebo effect. And she's like, it's not a placebo effect. But if you think that way, but she's like, like, it gives me such comfort knowing I'm, I'm taking this and this, even in my mind thinking like, this is going to alleviate, I'm not going to have any panic attacks. Yeah, It helps me not. And I, I truly haven't had a, maybe there'd been a couple, but no, not to the severeness of what I had had in that year since I've been on. Um, the alex I know that that's not a fit for everybody, but that kind of started the journey, and I'll talk more about like my mental health journey as it went later on. Yeah, but that's kind of my anxiety side, panic attack side, and I just think, I I just think it's a very relatable thing. Panic attacks are so scary. Like I remember laying on the floor. This is the first panic attack I ever had, laying on the floor. I was phoning my mom. I said, "Mom, I think I'm I'm having a heart attack. I think I need to go to the hospital." and I remember not knowing what this was and I went to like five doctors and I was like, my heart, there's something very wrong. And also like I made them do an ECG and they're like, girl, you're fine. I think you are experiencing panic attacks. So if anybody's having this experience and you're unsure what it is, it might be panic attacks. I, I feel like it's a common thing that a lot of people experience in a very stressful time. Mm-hmm. Even might not be stressful time. It's just random. It's so crazy.
0: Yeah, there's certainly so. different things that can trigger it that don't seem like a big deal to some. But to you, it could yeah. be something that just causes exactly. it for sure.
1: So, like, that's kind of my intro into my mental health journey. So, I'll let you take the stage, Lex,
0: and kind of okay. talk about your... Well... Yes. Obviously, at the time, I never knew this was a thing but when i talk about this with my parents we've all come to the realization that i've really truly been struggling with anxiety since i was a kid okay. um so my kind of whole thing started really with like social anxiety mm-hmm. so when i was a kid like i was the kind of child who would who would cry if i had to like go do something where i was away from my parents like i would get really stressed out And I didn't really like going to, like, extracurricular activities because I didn't want to be away from my parents. Like, I had some Mm -hmm. kinds of, like, attachment issues. I don't really know why, but um, it was really hard for me. And, like, it was literally with everything. Like, I would get, I would literally get so stressed out to have to go to, like, after-school care. Me too. (laughs) Like, all these things. And so um, that was kind of, like, as a child. And then I feel like as Junior high, high school, I kind of grew out of that a little bit. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends and things were fine. And then again, kind of like near the end of high school, beginning of university is kind of where things like picked back up again. Mm -hmm. So I remember like I had a lot of insecurities at that time. So I think that's kind of a lot of what stemmed like the social anxiety aspect. But like I would never want to go to parties or go to the bar and I would always like cry because I felt like so insecure and like. I would be like, oh, nobody wants me to be at this party. Like, they all think that I'm just, like, an annoying tag-along. Like, no one... Like, I kind of felt like these people weren't actually my friends, and I was just sort of, like, an outsider that, like, didn't... Shouldn't really be there. Like, I always had this weird, like, mental block, mm-hmm. I guess. And I was always, like, questioning, like, my friendships and stuff and, like, questioning, like, if people actually liked me or not. I
1: think that's really common, though. I think that's yeah. a very... A lot of girls experience that.
0: Yeah, so it was hard. And then um, the first year of university, I was at a really small school. And it kind of caused me to not really put myself out there as far as, like, trying to make friends. So, like, I really only had, like, a couple people that I talked to. And I would eat lunch by myself. Like, mm-hmm. I felt very, like, alone. And I would cry all the time. And, like, my parents would be like, do you want to quit school? Like, what do you want? Like, we mm-hmm. did, they didn't really know, like, how to help me. And then in my second year of university, I transferred schools because I realized I wanted to do a different program. So that's when I transferred to McEwen, which was a larger school than what I was coming from. Um, But it was still like relatively small in the grand scheme of things as far as schools go. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I guess like I kind of thought that because I was transferring schools, it was going to like change like everything. And I was like, oh, like a fresh start, like it's going to be so much better, like blah, blah, blah. And that's when like I never was diagnosed with this so I don't want to like throw words around but I honestly right. think that I did struggle a little bit with a little bit of depression around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, This was during 2015 yeah. and I would literally I gained a lot of weight that year. I was like one of the heaviest I'd been. Um, I would come home from school and I well first off I would like I, ha- I kind of made some friends at school but I also would like was still kind of isolating myself, like, unintentionally, I think, yeah. um, and not really putting myself out there. But I would come home from class every day, and it would be, like, maybe, like, 4 p.m. or something, and I would literally go to bed. And I would lay in bed all night long and eat and lay in the dark and, like, watch Netflix or watch movies and then just, like, go to bed. And, like, I didn't, like, have a desire to go out and do things. I didn't have a desire to, like, move my body. Like, I was just very, yeah. like, in a bad mind space, I guess. Um and then I honestly don't really know what like brought me out of that. I guess that was during the school year. And then that summer, I f- it was a hard summer. That was the summer, like, um, like you said, like we both, we lost a friend, but I also think it helped me to get, like, get really a lot closer with my friends from that job. And so I think that almost propelled me in the end into like a positive direction that I like, got a lot closer and that's the summer we actually met, um, for the first time. So my Mm -hmm. life just changed, (laughs) but (laughs) um, out of it. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. That is something that I definitely struggle with, but I don't know exactly like what to call that part of my life because I don't want to say that I was like depressed because I don't, I never went to the doctor about it and I never got a diagnosis. So I don't want to throw that around, but it is something that happened. And then, Mm -hmm. um, from there, I still was struggling with like, I guess anxiety, but it was more in like a general sense instead of the whole like social aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that kind of slowly started to spiral and like get worse and worse. And my parents like knew for years that like, obviously like my, there's a lot of mental health issues in my family. A lot of people in my family struggle. So like, they kind of like saw signs and they're like, but they didn't want to push me to do anything that I didn't want to do. Um, so they were like, kind of, like, being, like, oh, do you want to, like, talk to somebody or, like, what do you need? And I would always be, like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Like, I didn't want to, like, admit that, like, there was something underlying. Yeah. Um And then this year is when things really hit, like, a peak. Um, totally. I don't know if it was COVID or if it was, like, moving out. Like, I'm not exactly sure. Just a lot of changes, I guess, a lot going on. I'm sure a lot of people have been struggling with mental health in 2020. Yes. Um, But it hit, got to a point where I wasn't sleeping, like, at all. Um, it got to a point where I was crying like every second day, getting extremely worked up about things that were so small. I was irritable towards Sean. I wasn't treating him right. Um I was like, you know, like picking fights with him about things that didn't really matter. And um it was just like I couldn't even focus on my work. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even wanna do my work because I was just feeling so anxious about every little thing, and I felt like I was gonna disappoint people and It was really centered around my work, honestly, and about my relationship. And it got to a point where I realized, like, I did need some help. So I did end up going to a doctor. And, uh, again, they also suggested, like, talking to somebody. But I think that I'd gone so far past. Like, I think I should have gone and got help a lot sooner than I did. I think I let it go a little bit too long. And I felt like I was so far gone that, like, going to see a therapist or something was, like, I needed something to help me like now,
1: like <laughs> because with I felt, every day. yeah,
0: like I just felt so at rock bottom that I was like, I can't even function day to day, like my heart yes. would be like literally racing from the time that I got up until the time I went to bed, like it was like the whole day just felt so hard to like do things, like it was just 100%. like percent, yeah, so I told my doctor like I just need to fix this so I did also end up going on medication and I'm also on Ciprolex and that's um what I'm currently still on and Mm -hmm. I found like such a huge difference and now I'm kind of at a point which I mean we'll talk about this too but I'm now at a point where I'm ready to kind of take next steps and sort of start to figure out why and underlying issues and things like that instead of just like masking I'm not saying medication is bad by any means if some people need that it's totally like it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. Like that's what it is. But I also am a huge advocate for the why behind things and trying to figure out how you can deal with things and cope with things on your own, I guess, without the need for medication. Um, I agree. But that's where I'm at right now.
1: No, I agree. I think a couple things too I just want to touch on is I've also, I think this is also very common with a lot of people is I've also kind of experienced that really down point in my life Mm -hmm. um I also wouldn't I don't want to label it as well of as depression but I've felt it as well where it's like you don't want to get out of bed I remember I would be I would like binge eat at that time same um I I had this thought I like remember telling one of my girlfriends because I feel like having I I have some I have decently open communication which I'm lucky in that way and I appreciate that but I remember telling one of my girlfriends like Honestly, if I walked out and got hit by a bus, I'm not really that upset about it.
0: Yeah. And I was like,
1: I wouldn't say I was suicidal.
0: And yeah. I just
1: remember feeling like, I don't even know why I'm here. Like, what am I yeah. eating to?
0: Yeah, I literally have had that exact same thing. Like, I remember literally the exact day, like, I was laying in bed and, like, after school one day, like I did every single day, mm-hmm. eating a whole pint of Cherry Garcia ice cream. <laughs> and <Roll back. laughs> I remember I was, like, just watching a movie or something and I was, like, honestly, like it wouldn't really be that bad to like not be alive. <laughs> like it sounds so dark, but like I literally have the thought that like, oh like, yeah, if I just kinda like didn't have to deal with this, like it'd actually probably be like not that bad.
1: But I think this is something that like a lot of people have also shared when you're in that really dark place and I think it's it's scary, but then it's just like I feel like I feel like most people on this planet have had that thought or felt that way at once some point in their life. Yeah. And I just think it's it's very common and It's very interesting how life comes in these waves like that, you know? Like where, like you said, I don't know how I got out of it either. I don't know. I kind of have some tips on how I've, as I've grown and aged, been more cognizant on how I can pull myself out of some situations. But I do know, just because I have some friends who have been in darker places for a longer period of time, that if... It's always a good idea to talk to your doctor. Talk to somebody. Yeah. Even I've had one of my girlfriends text me being like, Hey, like, I just feel like I'm in a really dark place. I just think I, sh- somebody should know that this is how I'm feeling. And this is what's going on. And I was like, hell yes. Like you, you don't need to be doing that alone. and Yeah.
0: It's and that's like, the thing. It's like, you don't need to spill your heart out to somebody exactly to explain how you're feeling but you can just say like hey I'm in a bad place I'm not doing okay I just want I I just need somebody somebody to know and I need somebody to kind of like be there for me and Mm -hmm. by being there for somebody it doesn't mean that you need to try and be their therapist it doesn't mean that you need to try and fix it for them it just means that you need to be a support person for them and just be there when they need you if they're like hey I need to hang out tonight i just want to get my mind off things i want to go out and do something like or whatever the case may be like can we just sit together and like watch a movie like they just need that so i think just being open whatever side you're on if you're the support person or if you're the person who's reaching out to somebody just know Mm -hmm. that like that that that's a big help for a lot of people
1: no i agree i think what you said is like pivotal this was pivotal for me lex i learned this this year but just how I always thought I needed to fix everybody. And yeah. and in situations where, say, a girlfriend was in a really dark place or somebody was just having a hard time, I was like, okay, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix this? Yeah. But then I remember my dad telling me, he's like, you can't fix them. You just have to support them and help them get to the... Like, they need... Like, you're not a professional in this area. Yeah. I don't know how to professionally help that situation but like you said I can go for a walk with you and I can maybe share some of my experiences and also like how
0: some advice if they want advice on how just to be there for that person and make them not feel like they're alone I think is super important and another aspect of that too is if you're somebody who's currently struggling with something and you're kind of like scared to reach out because you don't want people to like judge you or you don't want people to pity you Like, Mm -hmm. coming from someone who has, like... Okay, so I just want to, like, touch on this really quickly. But there's somebody in my life who struggled with some mental health issues to the point of, like, some pretty bad depression and some suicidal Mm -hmm. thoughts and things like that. And it definitely, like, scared me knowing that that person was having those thoughts. And it Mm -hmm. made me, like, worried. But it also was, like, relieving to know that they were able to talk about it and tell somebody about it. Because like, in my mind, I'm like, what if they had never spoken up Mm -hmm. and something happened and none of us knew, I think that would be so much worse for your loved ones to like have to go through watching you like either, you know, harm yourself in any kind of way and be like, Oh my God, like we had no idea. Mm -hmm. And at least if they know that there's something going on, then they can be a little more cognizant and, at least be a little more aware of like where you're at.
1: 100%. No, I agree totally and I also think being the person on the other end. I think it's important important whoa <laughs> important to talk about that just because um I truly think That's why a lot of people don't ask for help or reach out or say, like, why I'm feeling this way is because of the judgment. And they also don't want people to panic and look at them in a different light. Yeah. And I feel like the biggest thing is building empathy and having that empathy. And I remember, like, having a girlfriend reach out to me saying, yeah, I'm not in a good space. And I remember being... Like, I think it's so important to say, like, thank you for telling me this. Like, I'm so grateful you told me this. Yeah. And not make them feel weird about it and just make yeah. them feel, like... Be, like, just make it feel like it's normal. Like, this is a conversation. Yeah. This is a something that a lot of people experience in life. And I agree, like building that trust for them will make them come to you more if they're feeling in a dark place instead of if you're panicking and being like oh my god like that's gonna make them be like i'm not gonna tell you then next time if i'm feeling these thoughts because i don't want to stress you out and i don't want to do this like Mm -hmm. i think just working on being calm and just kind of just trying to build a conversation and letting them kind of guide the conversation
0: and just always coming from a place of non-judgment, I think. Yeah, and I think it's it's just important to remember in general that, like, so many people struggle with mental health issues, like, people that you wouldn't even know. Like, when I kind of started to be a little bit more open about it, I was so Mm -hmm. surprised to know how many of my close friends were also going to a therapist or also going on a medication and, like, all these things, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I had no idea, like, how, you know, common it is, and I think back when I was first kind of – noticing that I was struggling like maybe around the age of like 17 18 years old yeah I felt so like ashamed and I'm like I don't like want my friends to know that like I'm having like struggles because like yeah. I don't want them to think I'm like weird or scared then, yeah or scared or like whatever the case is and then now looking back on it I'm like I think it's so much more normalized even in the last like 10 years I feel like mental yeah. health has become so much more normalized. And you're like, oh, like everyone these days has anxiety or everyone these days is depressed. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not that. It's just more people are open about it and more people feel comfortable talking about it, which I think is Mm -hmm. awesome. And it just makes everyone realize that like, it's so much more normal than... I mean, it's just sad that it's normal, but it's just with our society and everything, I just think it's so much more common than people think.
1: And another thing that I think is a very important thing is mental, your mental health can come and go in waves, I feel like. So it's mm-hmm. like, I hate when people say, oh my God, everybody's so anxious these days. But I'm like, no, people are just vocalizing that they're experiencing that at this point in their life. They yeah. might not feel that way forever. And they exactly. might, They might. but there's always like, like I just, I don't like the, one of my biggest, yeah. Like I just don't like some of the bad rap that some stuff gets to where I, I'm appreciative that, I'd say certain types of mental struggles have become normalized, but it also frustrates me that other types of mental struggles have not become normalized like yeah, we still
0: have I, a long way to go for sure,
1: yeah, and like I just think sometimes the media and like movies and stuff can make it seem s- overly scary or or yeah. like.
0: Oh, that person! Like I don't want it. That's just you know, yeah, like they're just a freak thinking... and they're dangerous and they're they yeah. can't be a functioning member of society because they struggle with bipolar or because they struggle with schizophrenia or they struggle with OCD, like multiple personalities. Yeah, or... like there's so many things that are out there, and the other thing to remember is that everything's on a spectrum, right? Yeah, like there's not thinking. a one size fits all. Like when you say somebody struggles with bipolar, there's so many different like types. I don't want to say types of bipolar, but like the spectrum of it. There's some people, I have, you know, certain people that I know in my life who have bipolar and I've seen one side of it where they are literally not able to function on a day to day basis. They're somebody who has to be in constant care because they are a danger to themselves and others. And then I see other people who are able to lead a normal life and who are able to cope with it and learn these strategies. And yes, they do have their struggles, but Mm. it doesn't, It's no different than my struggle or your struggle. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I just think that everyone needs to remember that there's no one-size-fits-all for these categories. Like, it's not that you're depressed or you're OCD or you're this. It's a spectrum, and everyone has their own way of dealing with things and their own triggers and their own symptoms and all these things. So to just be less, I guess, judgmental and less labeling. Like, Mm -hmm. don't label somebody and just assume that it's all One the same fits all yes yeah. exactly
1: no I think that's the huge um part like that's such a good point and how like everybody needs to work on just listening and understanding because I think the stigma comes from like fear and not understanding yeah and once you understand like oh like like there's yeah people in society like some of the most successful people in society most of the most successful people, like in the NBA, like Winston Churchill, all have struggled with mental health struggles or mental yeah. illness, and and a lot of times, like, like, it just takes a moment of listening and trying to empathize and and understand what they might be experiencing to
0: make a difference. You know, I just think yeah, and I can totally a- understand coming like if you're a person who's never like I know people in my life who have not ever had to deal with mm. a mental health issue and they've totally you know been really lucky and I think that's amazing but it's definitely I think harder for them to really empathize and to comprehend yeah. like what it could be like because like mm-hmm. for them it's like oh but like just get over it like just calm yeah, down like, <laughs> just take a deep breath You'll yeah like fine. just think happy thoughts like whatever but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so much harder than that for that person so I just think to have 100%. an open mind and maybe do a little bit of research if you're somebody who really doesn't understand and you're kind of like you know this just like if someone in your life is struggling and you can't it's mm-hmm. hard for you to empathize with them because you don't understand. I think just do a little bit of research and just try your best to be open minded about it. I
1: agree, and I think being able to have an open conversation with that person who might be struggling and 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 trying to get an understanding on on how they might feel mm-hmm. and even sometimes like you we said earlier, when you're providing support, that might just be yeah asking them to go for a walk or go for a movie and it makes you establish that relationship and trust and it makes you remember like this person is is just like you they just are having some struggles in their personal life but they still like to go for walks and they still like to paint pictures and they still like to do all the same stuff you like to do you're not that different so mm-hmm. no i think it's an interesting i i am happy with how the direction it's going and how more normalized it is and i do think 2020 the weird blessing. Cause I know Gerald and I were talking about this cause he was, he's a person in my life who prior to this, I don't think he ever thought he experienced any sort of mental struggles. Yeah. And this, this, um, I remember him telling me he felt like his chest was so tight this year when a lot of like when COVID began and yeah. and a lot of stuff. And I was like, yeah, honestly, that's kind of like how it, fe- like you might be just feeling, you might be feeling anxious and you might be feeling these feelings. And, and like I felt those feelings in these type of situations before and it, maybe gave some perspective so I think I think 2020 was a blessing in some way for that where I think a lot of people were able to gain some perspective on yeah. how it might feel but yeah
0: for sure I think that's really important and I think that a lot for me at least 2020 really I don't want to say it was a breaking point but it it, it helped me to realize that <coughs> <coughs> sorry hold <coughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <coughs> um, I feel like 2020 really helped me to realize that I did need to seek some guidance and some help with it. So I think another kind of blessing or aspect was I think a lot of people kind of came to a point where they were willing to accept that they needed help, which I think is a huge step in your journey.
1: I agree. And kind of touching on that a little bit, I kind of wanted to talk a bit about my therapy thoughts. So... Um, back in 2015, that's when I started my Ciprolex. And I remember, like, I hate this. I feel like this is just a young mindset, mm-hmm. but I grew, I've, it's probably normal. But um, I was like, I'm too busy to like go into therapy. And I feel like sometimes therapy gets a bad rap by pe- a lot of people don't maybe believe that it works. Yeah. Or they haven't found the right therapist to gain benefit from. So mm-hmm. I remember being like, I'm too busy. I don't have time for that. And then it wasn't until we interviewed Justine mm-hmm. like way back when we started the podcast and she was just talking about like how her therapist like changed her life. And I was not in a, I'd, uh, actually I kind of wasn't. And that was probably when I recently failed my exam. So maybe I was struggling a bit and I was like, yeah, maybe I should like do this. Like if you swear by it and you're so successful and like such a boss babe, I was like, probably can't hurt. And so finally taking that leap and doing it has oh, vastly improved my just being able to, I guess, bounce back a little bit more mm-hmm. and, and learning myself and learning like these type of situations might trigger some anxiety or this is kind of how I cope with stuff or yeah. kind of looking back into my past and thinking about like maybe this is where this is coming from. Yeah, I think has been everything, um, but I do really think finding the right fit is the most important part because yeah. it can deter you if you go to a therapist and maybe you're a very sciencey person and this therapist is very woo woo yeah. and is like let's picture ourselves as an oak tree and you're like I'm not and yeah. so then that can be a disconnect but I think word of mouth and also talking to people who are similar to you mm-hmm. who asking them hey do you talk
0: to a therapist who do you like or talking yeah. to your doctor. I, think I it's also a- think another aspect of this is, like, because right now I'm at a point where I would like to take that next step into finding a therapist and talking yes. to somebody. But I'm also in a bit of, like, a financial bind where, like, I don't have a ton of extra money right now to be putting out into that. So I yes. kind of am trying to figure out a way to make my mental health more of a priority. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to go through, like, the healthcare system, they are there are free options for... Okay. Um, therapy, if you have, um, benefits, like I was talking to my doctor and he was like, yeah, like you can go to, um, get a certain amount of hours of free counseling. But when you get the free stuff through like Alberta Health, Mm -hmm. you don't get options as far as who your therapist is. It's kind of like they assign you somebody. So if you do really need help and you don't have the funds, like that is an option. It's just that, like you said, you might not get somebody that you 100% click with right away, which is fine. Yeah. I think it's fine to try out people and see what happens and it's better than nothing. 100%. But I think just looking at investing in your mental health is a huge thing because it seems like a lot of money to shell out 100 or or $150 for an hour yeah. session with somebody. But in the end, like you could benefit so much. It could really change your life. So I think, you know, putting that as a priority in your life and... Finding someone who really is going to help you the way you need to be helped is so important. I agree. So that's kind of like where I'm at right now where like it's a goal of mine to be able to start that. Totally. Um, and then another whole kind of aspect that I just wanted to touch on also was the whole like holistic side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am on Ciprolex, um right now but it is definitely like a goal long-term for me personally to be able to get off that medication and go a little Mm -hmm. bit more of a natural approach and find some other ways that I can cope with my anxiety through like supplements and things like that. Um, which I totally think there's nothing wrong with being on like a, a medication long-term, like if that's what you feel comfortable with and like, that's totally fine, but everybody has Mm -hmm. different goals. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's another thing that I would like to save up for and be able to invest in is going to a naturopath doctor and mm-hmm. getting some other options. Like I even know um, we talked to Christy from Vitality Health in a past episode, and I uh, got a recommendation from her for some GABA, which is a natural supplement that you can take to help with anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that I take usually like around my period at time of the month. I get a spike in anxiety and I find even mm-hmm. though I'm on my medication, it still gets to the point where even that's not helping. So yeah. just having that GABA that I can take, I could really find a difference that it can help just ease that little – take the edge off that little extra anxiety that I'm feeling. Okay. So there's definitely so many options out there. And if you're somebody who's afraid to talk to somebody, maybe you don't feel comfortable with that. You're somebody who maybe doesn't want to go on a medication. You're just kind of like weary of that. There mm-hmm. are natural approaches and other options besides just medication and therapy. Like that's – you know. There's other ways to go about it.
1: I think your mental health journey is always very personal. And I think it is finding about what works best for you. and, And I think like you said, it's interesting when you say like your anxiety spikes around your period, because that's totally, I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I feel like that's to relates with hormones, yeah. right? And so it goes again to show that a lot of times um, mental health struggles are not in your control. Like it's either a hormonal, can be a chemical imbalance. And I think that's a lot of times when medication is very beneficial when, yeah, like a lot of times it's going to be in most in some situations your your mental health journey you might be on some medication for the rest of your life just cuz it keeps keeps you feeling good and it keeps you stable and that's totally fine but then there's some situations where you're going to go through maybe a big loss in your life and you're going to have some severe anxiety or depression that yeah. that medication works for then but then maybe you you've been able to find different tools to help you and then you can trans, um transfer into a naturopath or maybe throughout your whole life you incorporate both and i just think it's yeah it's a journey for sure it is and i think spinning on that being a having it be a journey is when you're in a good place in life i think i've noticed this a lot where people will fall off when they're feeling good so Mm -hmm. they'll either stop going to their therapist or they'll just kind of be like i'm feeling good i don't need to like Journal or write down my feelings or kind of check in and see, like, how am I doing? Yeah. And I think a lot of work can be done when you are in a good mental place because I find that's a good time to reflect and be like, yeah, that's uh, like kind of just like look when you're out of that big whirlwind of emotions, you can take a step back and look and be like, yeah, that might have been the trigger for that or that might have been why that situation happened or, oh, I tend to do this when this Mm -hmm. happens. Like, it's a good time to take inventory and just kind of check in with your mental health. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. I also, one point I wanted to make too, was if you are, say a friend reaches out and says that they are struggling, or if you have a kid that's struggling and they reach out to you as like a support, you being the support also need to like get help for yourself and um even if that's talking to somebody talking to a therapist just cuz you're also having emotions and feelings mm-hmm. and going through stuff as well so just cuz since you're the support for someone you also need support it's like a big yeah. chain it's like we're totally. in a big conga line actually
0: to kind of add on to that um i have some family members and there is one of my family members is like a kid and yeah. they're struggling with some anxiety and mm-hmm. so their parents are looking actively looking for resources for them as parents on ways mm-hmm. that they can support ha- their child who's struggling with this. Because they don't have those, you know, as a parent, not that's something that you're not really taught. Like, how do I deal no. with a child who's struggling with certain things? Totally. And there's so many resources out there for partners for parents yes. like for if you are somebody who knows has someone close to you in your life that's struggling and you're like i don't know what to do like i want to help yes. them i feel so helpless like how can i support them do some research a lot of different clinics um psychology clinics therapy clinics have resources for support people so definitely totally. look into it um i know just as an example uh, a clinic that i love to shout out is the grief and trauma healing center in edmonton here and uh they do have support uh therapy for parents of children who are struggling with different things um totally. so it's definitely something to look into they definitely offer a lot of different workshops throughout the year on different aspects like that as well so mm-hmm. i think just being aware that there are other part, moving parts to this whole thing
1: oh yeah it's it's it stems i i think i don't i would be amazed to meet somebody who hasn't been touched by mental health or mental illness or or any you know like I just mm-hmm. think it's everybody has either experienced it themselves you have a loved one who's experienced it and it is like a conga line like we all have to work together and and it's just a big communal thing so I yeah. think it really ties into just working on reflecting being open being not judgmental listening communicating talking when you're yeah. feeling just finding that trust with people too to communicate like you're
0: Hey, I'm not feeling so good. It's not you know, I just think Yeah. I think my biggest thing journey. about I guess like my wh- overarching conclusions about mental health would just be to remember that you don't have to suffer. And yes. I think that's something that took me a long time to realize and once I did, like I was like, "Oh, like why did I not do this sooner? Like why did mm-hmm. I not go talk to a doctor? Why did I not you know, start taking note of my mental health and doing something about it and being more aware. And it's obviously easier in hindsight, but so for anybody who hasn't reached that point yet, just remember that you don't have to suffer. You don't have to live with your struggle every day. And, you know, there's always something that you can do to improve your situation Even if you can't completely heal from something at this exact moment, like there's no magic wand that's all of a sudden just going to make you feel completely perfect. It's a journey, like we said, but there's always something that you can do to improve. So don't just sit there and let it happen. Take Mm -hmm. action and take control of your own life and your own mental health and start taking those steps to do something about it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a big thing. And I think my overarching thought is ladies, I think women, a lot of time, I mean, men, I think men just don't bring it to the surface sometimes, but I think women, you want to be everything for everybody. You want to be the best mom. You want to be the best girlfriend, best friend, everything. You're like, I am, I'm just going to push through and you kind of just put on a happy face and you just want to, you know, just don't want to bring down anybody's day, but you need to ask for help. You need to communicate and say like i'm not doing so good and and it i just think it's so important because i know it can be very freaking scary to just you're thinking like oh my god they're gonna like i don't want to say that i'm feeling this way or i don't want to say this or bring attention to me i don't want to be the center of attention or or make anybody worried or feel bad but i just think it's so important to just ask for help communicate how you're feeling and being also, on the other side of having somebody have reached out, I'm like, yes, like, thank you. I feel so much better that you have said something to me and I, it makes me feel closer to you. It makes me like, yeah, just, I just am more way more grateful too. and totally I don't know. I think that's a big I also thing think is- too,
0: if you're somebody who's like worried to tell people like you don't have to fucking broadcast that you're yeah, exactly. you know, you're feeling some certain way like, yeah, we're on the pot. We obviously me and you are uh, quite comfortable talking about this. Yes. We're talking about yes. it to like, you know hundreds of people right now. But if you're somebody who doesn't want people all up in your business, like that's Mm -hmm. fine. But I would say just don't bottle things up and let it get to a point where you're just feeling super isolated and alone. So Mm -hmm. even when we say like to talk to somebody and to open up to somebody that can just be your doctor and that can just be something between you and your doctor Or you and your therapist. Like, you don't have to go telling all your friends that you go to therapy and posting on Instagram. Like, you know, not everyone is like that. Not everybody's there. That's totally fine. Um, But just don't get to a point where you're literally, like, not going to do anything about it because you're, like, so so isolated in your own head.
1: Yes. I guess that's what we're trying to say. 100%. Yeah. I think it's forever a changing and ongoing journey. So... We will keep you posted because I know, I know there will be times in my life in the future where I will feel anxious as all hell mm-hmm. or I'm I'll feel depressed or anything can happen. So I just think it's an ongoing journey and I like getting to talk about it and Yeah, I think it's a good conversation. conversation
0: to bring and I'd love you guys to kind of continue this conversation this week uh over on our Instagram. Yeah. Also on Anchor FM, you can leave us voice memos. That's a thing. Oh, that's so So fun. if you guys go to the link in our bio over on Instagram um, or just head over to Anchor, you can leave us voice memos. So if you want to talk to us, yeah, if you feel comfortable, like we will yeah. keep everything anonymous. We're here as a friend to you guys. Send yeah. us a voice memo over on Anchor or on Instagram DMs, whatever you feel comfortable with. Uh, send 100%. us an email, you know. Yeah, if also... Nef-
1: I'll also um supply some resources this week too uh, on Instagram as well for anybody who might be struggling or just looking for some Edmonton resources. Um but yeah, I think it's something that Lex and I will we want to continue the conversation into the future and yeah. We um, here for you.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And we'll update you guys on how we're doing too as time yeah. goes on obviously and yeah
1: yeah so also don't forget to hashtag balance talk this week, yes let's do make it. some money
0: for them <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, hopefully you guys are having a great week, and yes, we'll be back next Monday.
0: <laughs> See you guys later. bye, bye.